0: Now we're going to switch gears, and we are welcoming back Lynn Hightower to um, the fold here, and the, another edition of the Lori and Julia My Talk Book Club. And Lynn, how are? I was reading something about you that, um, first of all, welcome that you're a novelist and you're witty after two glasses of wine. Like you know, the honest truth is, I'm witty after one. <laughs> Good for you. And you like tame horses and small sports cars. So anyway, nice to chat with you again. We talked to you last year. um, um, Your book, The um, Something Project. The Enlightenment. Yes, yes. So welcome back. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. It was good to talk to you yesterday. Yes. Okay, so um, your latest book is The Beautiful Risk. Can you give everybody the setup for your book?
1: Yes. Um so uh, my heroine, Junie Lagarde, is, uh, is a new widow, and her husband died in a mysterious plane crash on Mount Blanc, which is the most dangerous mountain in the world. And she gets a call from a police captain in France, Philippe Rivard, who tells her that they have drone footage of a man who is wearing her husband's coat, who... Seems to be trying to be dressed like her husband, but isn't. And he's holding a leash of her dog who disappeared in the crash. The dog was on the plane. He dragged her husband out of the plane and then he disappeared in the mountains.
2: I know. So, this and he also, yeah. Such you know. a great way to start the story. It's like, what? Thank you. You know? And it, she's on a plane to France right away. Right, right away. And I mean, this, this, uh, story is is I don't know if it really you know struck me because you know when I read the book my my dad was you know dying of cancer and so grief and death were very much you know on on my mind and and in a way I found reading the book I guess oddly comforting.
1: I'm so glad to hear you say that because Um, one of the things that inspired me to write about grief was losing my own husband. And what I found when I was going through that was nobody tells you anything that is true about what it's like to grieve. And it really is a dark and magical journey. And there's a lot of comfort in knowing that you still have this strong connection with someone Mm -hmm. and the love is still there. And they're not... They're not really gone, and that, to me, that made all the difference in the world when I figured
2: that out. Yeah, and and you write, you know, you write grief is love, and because grief is love, grief is forever. And I don't know if it's this very American (laughs) thing where people very much want to give you comfort that, well, you know, you're going to get over this, or they're in a better place, place, and they say all these things and and i found that the people i really appreciated were people who shared a story about you know the person that you've lost or you're going to be i liked i i appreciated that because that keeps it the person alive so you know
1: it it does keep them alive and it acknowledges how cool they were, and how they're really kind of still with you in memory, and love, and thought, and in presence. In my opinion, and yeah. I, I honestly, I, I know people mean well, mm-hmm. but I honestly think that a lot of things that people tell you when you're grieving are really so that everybody around you will feel better and think you're <laughs> okay when you're not, and mm-hmm. has nothing to do has nothing to do with making you feel better.
2: And Judy is young, yes, you know. She really, is. she's a, a young, and she's is so in love, you know, with her husband. I really, yeah. I just, and then the setting taking place in in France. I mean, do you have a connection to this town in France? And tell us the name again, Annecy. Okay, Annecy. Annecy. Um, my connection is that my husband was French.
1: Okay, and this was his favorite part of France. He loved skiing. He loves cross-country skiing. He loves mountain biking. He loves mountains and lakes. Mm-hmm. And um, and I love Annecy so much. There's something magical about that town. I always feel this emotional connection when I'm there. I am very happy.
0: I'm very much at peace. I don't know what it is, but I do love it. It's so gorgeous. We were looking up pictures of it. I <laughs> so want to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, Lynn. Oh, you should go. Yeah, you should it go. it looks amazing. And you talk about Gestad and skiing, and this is a thriller too. It is. And it's very a very much it's, a thriller. It's, oh, it's absolutely a thriller. And it's such yes. a twisted thriller in so many different ways. And and one of the things you talk about. Do you you have a dog? You have small horses.
1: I have.
0: I have a hearing dog,
1: a German Shepherd named Leah. Because I have the exact same hearing loss that Junie does. Mm-hmm. And I've been keeping it a big secret for years. And I finally thought, you know what? Get over it. Get it out there. Come on out of the closet and tell the world all about what it's really like to have a hearing loss. And how fabulous it is to have a German Shepherd to protect you and to let you know what's going on when you don't hear it. Right. I, wow. So it's called cookie bite hearing loss. It's that hearing loss because like someone took a bite out of the cookie is at the top of the range. I have the most acute hearing. Okay, bird song wakes me up in the morning, mm-hmm. really? and at the, at the yes, really, and at the bottom of the range, also very acute hearing. I fall asleep to the sound of trains on the tracks from miles away. <laughs> I can hear it, but conversation um, it is harder for me to hear and. For some reason, I don't hear things coming up behind me. And so I so much love that I've got Leah with me to nudge my leg and say, hey, pay attention. Or if she doesn't like what's coming up behind me, to turn around and give a sharp bark and say, back off.
2: Right. Yeah, that That's, that is an interesting um, part of the story. Yes, and, it is. And that explains maybe the technical stuff you were doing when we were getting ready to talk to you. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So one it of th- was it was me
1: routing you through um, my hearing aids through my phone. That's
2: that's, that's amazing that you can do that. That's that's so cool because it's so great to be able to, uh, you know, talk to you. And you know, the other thing I wanted to ask you because part of the plot for this story is Junie is finding out, you know, what happened to her husband. Was the plane, right. was it sabotage? Is, you know, the climate change, the eco-terrorism, ter- mm-hmm. uh, what did you mm-hmm. find out when you were doing that part of the research for um, The Beautiful Risk? The Beautiful Risk, yeah, thank you.
1: Yes. Well, I, I found out that so much of uh, what is going on with big companies and the money set aside for climate, uh, climate change it's all about greenwashing, where they say, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to lower our emissions by this date, and this is going to lower our emissions. And they don't. Mm-hmm. And it's business as usual. And not only are they polluting, but they, um, they're getting paid for it. And, uh, and I think the statistic is that 90% of emissions are caused by 10% of the population. And it would be so easy to shut those billionaires down. Yeah. Yeah and then uh i found the most interesting ngo which was a clearly a spy ngo and what they do through behind the scenes um pressures which i find intriguing yeah. is they hold they hold companies and governments accountable for not meeting their their, um, their goals, their promised goals in treaties or agreements, or they were given money to do X and they don't do it, and this little NGO will be getting in touch. I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool. So I modeled my um, very ruthless, Madame Renard, and her organization. Yes. After one that exists. Oh, cool. And an
0: NGO for people, because I just had to look it up, even though I read the book, mm-hmm. is a non-governmental, oh, or, non-governmental yeah. organization. governmental mm-hmm. organization. Yeah, it's a non-profit. Think of it as a non-profit. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, Lynn. Because that was fascinating
2: that was to, me. to me. And I thought, okay, yep, that makes sense. It's another, okay, we're going to say one thing and do another yes. another thing. And all in the name of making
0: money, more money, more money. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, we really liked your book. Yeah. And I'm sorry for your loss you. of your husband. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And so this is kind of semi-autobiographical with with your thriller. You, well, and you know, were, when, yeah, in the Smoky Mountain National Park; those fires that really happened in
2: 2016. Oh, it did happen in 2016, and I live in Kentucky, and
1: so I was very close. And and to be honest with you, I I met my husband in the Smoky Mountain National Park. He was there from France on a job. Oh my and, gosh. Um, and I have such happy memories, oh. you know, of meeting him there. And, um, and oh, it was terrible. I mean, the, the character in the book who's affected her whole family. And I read about this man whose entire family was trying to run away and they were just engulfed in flames. Mm-hmm. Oh. He is so crushed and it just broke my heart. It did. And, and what really upset me more than anything was, Listen, I, I know there's a lot of red state, blue state stuff that goes on, but you know, it, it, we are we. Nobody knows what your politics really are, and and when that happened, there were so many horrible comments in national yes. publications about how these people deserve to die. They brought it on themselves, mm-hmm. and it just that was just so crushing. And I thought if that had happened to someone in my family and I had read those comments, mm-hmm. I might become quite dangerous in the world.
2: Yeah. Do you think, could that ever happen again, Lynn? Did, did the, the, because that was like really a, there was a fail to act on the part of officials. It, it, do do you feel, yeah? do you feel that that has been solved in? No, absolutely no, not. It hasn't.
1: I don't see that they've got any warning system, and 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 the and um, so I don't know because they've rebuilt it. Dolly Parton brought lots of money to right. help rebuild. Um, and and I don't know. The people there are pretty smart, so maybe I don't know for sure. But maybe they have up to their game. Right, I'm sure they've upped their game on letting people know. But forest fires are just dangerous. Yeah, and, they are. And, and they are always going to be dangerous, no matter how much advanced yes
2: that you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, your book is, is just it's so different,
0: it's so clever. I mean you're such a brilliant writer. And and Oh, thank you. You really are. And it I loved learning about the new places and about the ecoterror. I mean, it's just you are a great. Writer. And I, I
2: liked learning the French word for vultures of grief. How do you say that? I, mm-hmm. I can't, oh I can't even remember. Oh yeah. Les, I, um, les de douleur. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly okay, right.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I, I have a French tutor I work with twice a week because I am in love with the language, and I do, you know, want to spend a lot of time in Annecy. And um, and he gave me all the like the vulgar things I didn't know how. To yes.
2: Say yeah. It, those are in French. I thought it was fun. Okay. So if somebody uh goes Google Translate, you are yeah. going to get a really good laugh. I know. <laughs> I, I leave it to the French, right? To have a name for that. <laughs> I know. I they, know. Would have a, they have a name for everything. <laughs> I know. It's, you,
1: cannot, you know, it takes forever to cuss someone out in French because it's so intricate and nuanced. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> just it takes a whole paragraph. There right?
0: you go. Well, we hope maybe someday we'll have one glass of wine with you. I would love to have a glass yeah, of wine with you. I would love to just, we'll just share the whole box. Let's just yeah. do it. And Kim from L.A. is just the best. Isn't she fabulous? Yeah, You're my favorite people in the whole world. I believe it. Okay, tell us the last great book you read. Well,
1: research. It's called When the Body Says No by uh, Gabor Mate. And it's very brilliant about combining, um, you know, people divide us into mind, body, spirit, but really it is an interwoven tapestry and people are very hungry for knowledge about this, because every time I go out to eat and I take this book, the white staff is at my table going, yeah, I need to ask you about that. <laughs> All
0: right, okay. <laughs> We're going to pick it up. We are out of time, unfortunately, Lynn, and we just thank you so much for your time and being on our show. The book is The Beautiful Risk, Lynn Hightower. We hope to talk to you soon for your next book, and good luck Thanks. with this one, Lynn. All righty, thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Um, we will be right back.